We're talking a bit about friends tonight. It's a three-week series we're doing in our church, I believe. Next Sunday night, Pastor Kathy Clancy is going to talk about friends. Did you know that? Okay, next Sunday night, you're going to be preaching about friends. That's awesome. Good news. I feel like the following week, we're going to have a panel about friends, aren't we, Josh? Is that we're having a panel about friends the following week? We did make, we, did, we decided all that. You sound like you're doubtful. Okay. Uh, just, just to help you out, every now and then, um, I like to share some Christian pickup lines because I know I just I'm, I feel like as a pastor I got to help some people, okay? And I had a whole lot that I used for a couple of years. Things like I put the stud into Bible study. Uh, th- things like uh, I've read the Book of Numbers, but I don't have yours, okay? So I used those for quite a while, but now I've found some new ones just to share with you as your pastor, okay? Who, who would like to hear some? The Bible says, "Give drink to those who are thirsty and feed the hungry." Would you like dinner? Not bad, not bad. Someone's going to relate to this next one. My spiritual gift is my good looks. It lifts people's spirits. Who can relate to that one right now? Come on, there we go. Michael, I love that. Uh, Here's a topical one from the last few weeks. How would you like to join my purpose-driven life? Not bad, not bad. Uh, This is also a good one, guys. Let's try this. Is your name Faith? Because you're the substance of things I've hoped for. Come on, that's a very biblical Hebrews 11 moment. Uh, I'm not sure about this one. Look, you're nearly 25. Most Christians are three years married. Just settle for me. Okay, no, I didn't think so. Probably that was the one I shouldn't. Okay, let's go for the next one. I know you've already said no once, but call me Joshua because I'm going to break down your walls. Uh, Dan Frecker would like that because that's what he did. Okay, tonight's not about dating at all, but that was just free, some help. Uh, I want to talk to us about friendship. Okay, I wanna, do you like those, Sienna, any of those? Did Isaac use any of those on you? Did he break your walls down? You did. There we go. Good job, Joshua. Well done, well done. All right. Uh, I want to talk about friendship, and I want to talk a, a bit around the whole idea of having a friendship evaluation. A friendship evaluation. I don't know if you do. I'm not a Facebook person. I'm an Instagram person. But every now and then, uh, particularly after I've been off it for a while, I come back on it and I have a little bit of a cull. I'm like, oh, I'm sick of following. And they're not, no one from our church. But they're, <laughs> just to be really clear. Uh, but they're, and usually they're people I don't have relationship with. And I got all excited and I started to follow them. But now I'm, I'm sick of it. So I'm just going to like, unfollow. All right. And so, and I know people every now and then, just from a Facebook point of view, you're like, these friends, and that's not what I'm talking about, Facebook friends, I'm talking about genuine friends, but every now and then you just got to go, look, we actually haven't talked for 20 years, I probably don't need to be friends with you. And you just have, you evaluate and you, you, you process. And so, what I want to talk a bit around is this idea of having a, being very strategic around your relationships. Uh, you'll, if you've been around a while, you've, you'll have heard me say this. Um, if you show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 22, 24, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you'll learn to be like them and endanger your soul. 
You become like the people you hang around. That's just a principle of life. It's how, it's how life works. And therefore, we need to be careful who we hang around. The Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers or cynics. You hang around with cynical people, you'll become cynical. You hang around with mockers. I'm not talking about cappuccino combined with hot chocolate, not those sort of mockers. You hang around with mockers, people who are always pulling everything down, then you'll end up getting, it's a spirit, it'll end up getting on you. You'll become that kind of person, all right? So being very deliberate about who you hang out with means every now and then it's worth doing just a little exercise of thinking through the kind of friends that I've got and categorizing them. Okay, now not, don't tell them that you're categorizing them. This is an internal exercise, okay? This is, a, this is a reflective exercise that wise people do. And I would say that I would like you to categorize people without telling them, without writing it down, uh, and understanding that people can change from one category to another category as they go through different seasons of their life. But this is about you paying attention to your friends because your friends will influence your future. And so you put them, I would suggest a little bit like this. One category would be people who are mentors, mentors or people who inspire you. They're like, I, I'm aspiring to be like that person. And it's possible to have a friendship with somebody that you're aspiring to be like. Okay. The second category is what I would call positive peers. Positive peers. They're not, they're not people I'm aspiring to be like who are a bit out of my current circumstances or life situation. But they're people that I, that I can hang out with, that I can be myself with that I can hang around with, and they will have a positive influence on my life. They will, they will lift me. They'll elevate me. The uh, Bible says that, that I, like iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And this, this is that kind of friend. When I hang around with you, I want to be a better version of me. There's something about the way that, that when we're together that you, you, do, you, you, want me, you help me to want to become the person that God created me to be. And so that's positive peers. Then we've got some, some peers who, who maybe they're not positive, but they're not, they're not in category four. And the category four is the toxic friends. Okay, the toxic friends are, are maybe, maybe from a life that you used to live. Maybe they're doing things that you used to do, but you're trying to break out of, and their goal, they're not cheering you on in the choices that you've made. They're trying to pull you down. Uh, they, they, or maybe there are people who are just super critical, and whenever you go near them, that, 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 that criticism is getting on you and, and hanging off you, and it's just like, okay, I've got to make a choice. And so, you know, and people who are toxic aren't always toxic. That can be a season in their life. So we're not putting a label on people and leaving them in a box, but we're just, we're being wise in our friendships, all right? And then the third category is, is people who are peers, but actually when I hang around with them, it just pulls me down a little bit, all right? It just, it just drags me down a little bit, all right? So this is what I want you to understand is Depending on how well you're going in life right now, you need to be very careful and deliberate about the percentage that you'll spend with each of those categories of people. If you're flying and doing really well with God and you're, you're, you're strong and you're on fire, then, then you can probably spend a little more time trying to help some toxic friends and to pull them out of their toxicity if you're doing really well. But if you're not doing, if you're a little wobbly, 
in your commitment to God and the kind of life you know God's called you to live, then you've got to be very careful to go, oh, I'm in the 0% toxic phase right now. I can't afford to hang around with anybody like that because I'm a little vulnerable to getting pulled back into a way of thinking or a lifestyle that's not healthy for me. So, so it's, it, it's not you, it's me. You don't even have to tell them, but you just make a choice. I'm going to shift my focus and time and energy elsewhere. That's, that's a decision that you'll make. Uh, I would always encourage people to spend at least 10 to 20% of the time with some, with some mentors, with some people who, are, who have got something going on that you want to get going on in your life. Now, that might be deliberately saying, can I have a coffee with you? Uh, can I hang out with you? Yeah, I saw that you went on this journey and you've, you've broken through and I love where you've got to and I'd like to break through. And so I want to hang out with you and I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shout you coffee. That's always a good idea. Or, so that's, that's a mentor. Or I'm going to come to your group because you're a group leader. And I love what's going on in your life. And so I can't necessarily spend a lot of one-on-one time with you. You're a busy person. But I'm going to put myself in proximity of mentors who will shape me. That's what our interns are doing. They're just going, I'm putting myself a day a week in proximity with leaders who are, I'm aspiring to have their influence on my life because I know if that rubs off on me and I learn to think different and I get new habits, that's going to change me. That's mentors. And then, the, so the middle ground is this, this zone between my positive peers and peers that sort of pull me back. And I would say that the, the, the positive peers, and so those two zones, making those kind of decisions and being deliberate with your time, it will depend on how you're going in your walk with God right now, whether you're, whether you're being influenced or you're being the influencer. There, there are people that you hang around with that you have to make a, a specific decision, I'm going into this to be the influencer. So therefore, I'm not going to necessarily let my guard down. I'm not going to necessarily just be myself because maybe they're just a bit loose and I don't need to be hanging too long with people who are a bit loose. I want to hang with people who are, who are full on, but, but, but I, I'm not going to ditch them because I know they need a positive influence in their life, but I'm being deliberate when I go into that crew how, I'm, how I am. Some of you, your family is a little bit like that. Don't go nodding, Gemma. Some of you have got, have got people who are, and you know when I spend time with family, either there's a toxicity or there's a negativity. So therefore, I've got to like put the armor of God on and pray up and go in and spend time and then pray things off and come back. But I've got to make sure I'm spending time with positive peers. And if you're not spending the majority of your discretionary time because when you go to work, you can't say, sorry, boss, not spending time with you. You're toxic, okay? So I'm talking about your discretionary time. If you're not spending the majority of your discretionary time with, with positive peers or, or with mentors or people further down the track, you'll end up, your life will go in the direction of the people you're hanging around with. Are we making sense here today? It's a little bit like when the airplane's crashing, they, this, you know what they say? Put the mask on first before helping the others. And sometimes you're in a season in your life where you've got to put the mask on rather than trying to help somebody else. And you're like, oh, no, but Jesus hung around with sinners a lot. And he's, he was reaching them. I'm like, Yo, you just got to gauge. Are you up for that right now? Or do you need to put the mask on? Sometimes uh, and you, if you get trained as a surf lifesaver, there's times when you'll, you don't actually try and save someone if you don't have a board because they're going to pull you down. And so you've got to be very careful that you're not hanging around with people that are going to end up drowning you 
rather than you helping them. It's a, it's a, it's a choice. It's a, it's, a, it's a decision you've got to make. Sometimes you've got some storms going on in your life like Jonah, uh, like in Jonah's life because you've got the wrong people on your boat and you just got to make some decisions. And I, I'm talking about nicely, respectfully, not putting it up on Facebook, your band list. Come on, somebody. But, but like just a choice. I'm going to, and here's the thing. All right. So when you start to think like this and start to make some choices, what can often happen is you, you get into uh, no friends land. Because the majority of your friends are over here. And you're trying to get over there. And you're sitting at home on a Friday night trying to not respond to those texts, but not getting any texts from this side just yet. And you're in this, this lonely land, and it's, it's quite common when somebody is moving from one season of their life into a God momentum go forward season for there to be a little bit of loneliness. And that's the time when you go, well, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to get to church twice on a Sunday rather than just once because I'm, I'm willing myself into a new zone. I'm going to go to five connect groups just because I need to break some old habits and mindset. I'm, I'm going to put myself with God's people. Going to get out of the toxic zone. Going to choose my friends. And there's some, there's some guys in the Bible who I love this uh, story of some guys in the Bible. Uh, their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. They were, they were young men, the, the Bible uh, tells us in Daniel chapter 1, who, was, who were Jewish Boys who were in exile, young Jewish men who were in exile. Jerusalem had been destroyed. Uh, a whole lot of the exiles had been taken into Babylon. And the Babylonians were going through and they were picking the, the good-looking guys. Come on, somebody. You know you would have been picked. Select only Sam Byrne type young people is what the Scripture says. Daniel chapter 1. Select only strong, healthy people like Harry. Come on. And good-looking young men. Make sure they're well-versed in every branch of learning. I'm in Daniel chapter 1. They're gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. They're about to immerse them in a, in a very anti-God culture to be trained to become leaders and serve in the king, to serve in the king, kingdom and palace. And so they were chosen and they were, they were put into this place where the king would supply all their food and all their drink and they'd be trained with languages and literature and culture so that they could end up being uh, one, of, one of five different key roles in the palace. And so they were being prepared for it. And in this moment, uh, the king, it says, verse 5, the king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. And they were to be trained for three years, and they would enter into royal service. Verse 8 says this, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. This is where we get the expression, the Daniel diet. Daniel has a lot to answer for in heaven. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. The reason he did this is, and this, this is, scholars will talk about different reasons, but the, the one that, that makes the most sense is the majority of this food, uh, this meat that was being offered to them was actually coming from the temple where it was being offered to their gods. 
as an act of worship, and then, then it would be butchered and it would be brought to the young men. And so these guys, their names had been changed from their Jewish names to, to Babylonian names, their hairstyle, everything. They were being totally enculturated, and Daniel was wanting to make a stand to say, I am just not going to bow down and be totally enculturated. He would pray three times a day facing Jerusalem. Uh, his friends ended up getting in trouble and thrown into a fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down to to the, the, the emperor, if you like. And so Daniel's making a decision. I'm not going to eat the diet of the world. I'm, I'm making a decision. Uh, it's going to cost me, but I'm making a decision. I'm going to have a different kind of diet. And at the end of 10 days, they said, let's do a test. And Daniel and his three friends, I love this. He didn't do it alone. Daniel and his three friends made a decision. We are going to have a different diet. We are going to live a different way. At the end of it, they were stronger because of the decision that they'd made about their diet. Now, it speaks to me not so much of a physical diet, but a spiritual diet. And it speaks to me of, of young people who will make a decision in terms of a friendship moving from toxic to drag me back to positive peers and mentors who will make a decision. The kind of people I'm going to hang around with are people who are on a different diet right now. They're on a different spiritual diet. And while the world is shouting at us, let's go and get drunk, I've got some friends who say, let's get filled with the Holy Ghost and get on fire for Him. While the world is saying, let's go and get high, I've got some friends say, who say, let's wait on God and soar with wings on eagles and get spiritually in another place. While the world's saying, let's sleep around, I'm going to walk in purity and save myself for marriage. While the world is gossiping and backstabbing and that's their diet, I'm someone speaking life. I'm encouraging and I'm building people up. While the world's watching rubbish and, and stirring up lust and, and opening the door for the devil to give him a foothold, I'm making a decision that I'm watching preaching, I'm, I'm praying, I'm getting worship in my spirit, I'm studying the Word of God, I'm getting on a different diet. Side note, let's talk about diets. Just side note, not diet diets, but, di but spiritual diets. Wouldn't it be a good exercise to list your TV programs and music you listen to into four categories? Music and TV programs that make me want to live a better life, boom. Music and, and, and programs that, that are kind of positive and uplifting for me. And after I watch it, I, I, you know, I feel pretty good about life. I feel fairly inspired. It's getting quiet in here now. <laughs> Movies and, and TV programs and worship that, well, it's, it's okay, but... It, to be honest, after I'm done with it, it, it leaves me more flat and leaves me more just hungry for more rubbish. That's like junk food. And you know what I'm talking about. The toxic stuff that poisons and opens the door to the devil. And if I was to, just as I'm doing a friendship exercise, do a what am I inputting? I, when I was at uni, Jeremy, you'll remember this, the old G-I-G-O principle, garbage in, garbage out. If I'm wondering why I'm feeling down and struggling with depression and, and struggling with anxiety and struggling with no motivation, then I would, I would do the exercise of both my friends and my input of what I'm watching and what I'm feeding on. 
and I'd go, oh, let's just ditch the toxic stuff. Let's downgrade the, 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 the uh, okay, I'm not going to feel guilty and religious about it, but I'm going to just have less of that. I'm going to have more of this, but I'm going to ramp up the, the podcasts and worship and the, the things that after I want to follow Jesus, and I'm going to actually look at my spiritual diet, and I'm going to find some positive peers who are doing exactly the same thing. And they're sending me, have you heard this worship song? It's amazing. Did you listen to that preach by Pastor John this morning? It was incredible. You should listen to that on podcast. Have you been to the Transform Lives website and watched some of the YouTube videos? Check this one out by Canon J. John. It's awesome. They're encouraging me in my spiritual diet. And at the end of 10 days, I'm like, I'm on fire and you're on fire. I'm stronger and you're stronger. Why? Because together we made a decision to inspire, to keep one another accountable about our spiritual diet. It's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, one of my favorite when I was young verses. I'm now young at heart, but when I was young. And if, if you've grown up following any cricket. I used to call this the Richie Benno scripture because it's 2 Timothy 2 verse 22. That's just for any cricket lovers out there, all right, just for any of you who love cricket. And those of you who don't know about that, just let it go through to the keeper, another cricket analogy, and keep moving with me right now. Okay, we're doing all right. Sorry. Come on. I'm on fire. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 says this, flee also youthful lusts. Okay. You got them. Bad news is they don't go away even when you get old. You can still have youthful lusts. Right, Josh? <laughs> that wasn't a word of knowledge. I'm just, I just know. That's just what happens. How do you flee youthful lusts? How do you, how do, you do it? The scripture is going to explain it to us, but I want to know how. Because if you're relying on willpower only, you're not that good. I'm not that good. If, 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 we're like, if we're like, oh, I bind you, lusts. Oh, it won't work. Because the Bible's got a second part to 2 Timothy 2 verse 22. Some of you can memorize this. Put it on the front of your phone. Put it on, put it on your iPad. It says, it says this, uh, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. This is what I'm going for, but, not, but here's the next part that's the most important part. With, with, not on your own, but with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. How am I going to flee youthful lust? I'm going to pursue a lifestyle of God with some other people who, who are also on the same track. I'm going to surround myself with positive peers. Where will I find them? Hello, you're in the house. You're in a place of people who want to live for God. And so out of this place, and we get, into, we get into connect groups, and we get into prayer meetings, and we hang out with people, and we have this whole zone. How many of you, is there like a remake of Ghostbusters? Okay, okay. What's, what's the line of Ghostbusters? Who knows it? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? All right. I want to ask you, who are you going to call? Daniel has an edict from the king, the emperor. And the king has a dream, forgets about it, and then asks all the wise men, who are supposed to be dream interpreters, 
That's the Teresa's of their day and age. I call Teresa our dream interpreter. They're supposed to interpret it, but the thing is he's forgotten it. So he says, you guys, I don't just want you to interpret my dream. I want you to tell me what my dream was and then interpret it. And they're like, that's not fair, dude. No one can do that. That's, that's not a thing. You tell us, we'll interpret it. That's a thing. But we can't tell you what it was because we weren't there. It's your dream. So he gets the crankies on and makes a decision that every one of the wise people are going to get killed unless someone tells the dream. And so we get to this, in Daniel chapter 2, this made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon, which included Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. They were in that, in that category. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. The men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Then Daniel returned to this house and explained the matters to his friends. Now, this is their Hebrew names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. He's like, guys, we have got a problem. And we need to pray so that God will show us the dream and the interpretation. When you get into the yogurt, when, when it hits the fan proverbially, the custard, thank you so much, Doug. When, when, when everything goes wrong, when you feel like you can't go another step, when you feel like your back's to the wall, when you feel so tempted that your, your lust genes are jumping out of your skin, come on, somebody. If you feel so, so like, I don't feel like going on anymore, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Because if you haven't pre-decided, it won't come to you in the moment. If you haven't already made a deal with a positive peer. And just another little thought in terms of accountability and keeping you going forward. Mentors aren't supposed to be people who keep you accountable. They can point the way, make, help you, but peers are the people to keep you accountable. Peers are the one you go, I'm challenged by this and you're, and you're challenged by that. So let's, let's talk to one another. I've got some friends and I know that, that they've got code words when they're tempted, that they just send one letter to their friend and their other friend knows exactly what that means and they start to pray for them. And then just the power of sending a text says that both of them know, well, I'm going to pray for you, and now it's out in the open. And as soon as temptation or pressure or challenges gets out in the open, then I know next time we meet, we're going to have to be accountable about that. It's being, who are you going to call? And if you haven't already decided, you don't have somebody. But you need somebody. We all need somebody. We all need at least a group of two or three. You know, like when you sign that medical form in case of emergency, here's the contact numbers. In this situation, your mum don't count. She might pray for you and that's awesome, but you need some positive peers. You need some Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednego. Guys, if we don't pray, we're going to get on our knees. We're going to seek God. We're going to pray. Can I get some uh, musos up here as we come to a close? Who are you going to call? I remember as a uh, 17-year-old, an 18-year-old, I just started university, and some of the young adult guys in our church, just great guys, made a decision that every Saturday morning they were going to hold a prayer meeting. Six till seven, and we go to Maccas afterwards. 
And they'd pray, and it wasn't, it wasn't the church leadership deciding that we need a young adults men's prayer meeting. It was just some young guys who said, we need some fire and some passion. We need to be accountable. We need to love one another. We, and, we, and so I would go to this thing every Saturday morning, and we'd pray, and we'd prophesy over each other, and guys would confess their sin. And, and I look back on that, and actually, four, well, the four guys are in my Bridal party, when I got married, we're all in that. Because the deepest friendships are always friendships formed around a sense of destiny and purpose. I look back, I look now, and those, those guys are still my friends. Others have come in different seasons in my life, but I, I want you to know, I want to ask you, who are you going to call? I want to tell you that you can find them if you make a choice by positioning yourself. In some connect groups, in some prayer meetings. I wonder if someone might get fired up and just start a prayer meeting. I wonder if someone might get fired up and decide, I want to I wanna make a difference and I, I don't want to get caught back into that. I'm going to bring some people with me. I'll be part of the answer. On Tuesday night at our Dream Team United, I'm going to talk about being ready for revival. The message is called Revival Ready. It starts at 7 Tuesday night. And I, I want to talk about you being a person who's got positive peers, has got some mentors, but now you're dragging people into the, the new group. You're dragging people into, into a positive environment. You're making a decision to go after them one at a time, to be a disciple maker and say, look, I'm, gonna, I'm literally I'm going to pick you up, I'm going to phone you, I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to wear you down. Until you want to get into the right environment of people, whether you're a new Christian or been around for a while, but I'm not just going to look after me and my chums. I'm going to look and I'm going to look after some other people. I'm going to be a disciple maker. Tuesday night, I want to see you there. We're going to pray together. Can I ask us just to close our eyes right now? Jesus chose his 12 disciples. That meant some didn't make it. Then out of those 12, Jesus chose three to be in his inner circle. There was a deliberate, came out of prayer. It was deliberate. I want you to make some choices tonight. If you're thinking right now, I know, the Holy Spirit's talking to you through me right now. I know that there's some toxic people that I just need to create some distance from for a season. You don't have to tell them, but you just have to make that decision. I just want you to raise your hand if you're like, yeah, God's been speaking to me about that. Just raise your hand. Great. Awesome. You can put your hands down. I just, just the act of put your hand up and saying, God, I'm hearing you. Maybe there's some, some of you right now, you're like, I don't really have some positive mentors and I need to find some. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just say, I, I need to find some positive mentors and take some initiative and set up for coffee. Getting into a connect group is one of the best ways to find some positive mentors. It's awesome.
Make it a choice. Ask God to show you. If you're thinking of two or three people who you would say, okay, these are my positive peers. Maybe you haven't spent a lot of time with them lately, but you're going to make a choice. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm, I'm thinking of some positive peers that I need to just make sure I'm hanging around with. This, if you've got some, great, great. What about if you like some? You're like, yeah, I, just, I need to be very intentional about finding some positive peers. Would you raise your hand tonight? I'm going to pray for you right now. Fantastic, fantastic, awesome. All right, Lord, I'm praying right now. There are people in this room who need mentors. I'm asking for divine connections. Lord, there are people in this room who need some more positive friends. I'm asking as they work on that, that they'll find some great friends who will sharpen them like iron sharpens iron. Lord, for those who have got some toxic relationships that they shouldn't be falling back into, tonight I pray for courage. Lord, courage. This week, courage in Jesus' name to make a step forward so that one day they can help those ones because they got strong. The greatest friend that you can have, just while every eye is closed, the greatest friend that you can have is God himself. It's Jesus you were created to be friends with Jesus. There will be an emptiness that's on the inside of you that no friend can fill until you get right with God. There's a gap, a space, a hole in your heart that won't be, won't be right. Only God can fill it. If you find yourself here tonight and you're like, John, something's missing in my life. I want a relationship with God. I can see, you can sense tonight there's a, a life, a, a, a vibrancy. That's not just because we're pumped. That's because God's here. His Holy Spirit's here. And He wants to fill you. He wants to come and live in your heart. And He'll do that when you're holy, when you're right. God's Spirit will live in you. And you're like, okay, do I have to try really hard to be holy? No, it's not possible. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus came and lived a holy life, perfect, and then became the sacrifice for all of our sin. He paid for our sin. And he set us up so that we can have an exchange. He said if we put our faith in him as God's son, then he would take our sin and we could have his holiness. It's the most ridiculous exchange, but it's motivated by God's incredible love. It's called grace. When we get what we don't deserve because of God's love and because Jesus died on a cross. So when you put your faith in Jesus, when you believe in him, you get made holy and God comes and lives in your heart. And everything changes. Peace comes. God's love floods you. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The emptiness leaves. And this overwhelming love of the Heavenly Father fills your heart. 
And then we begin a relationship with God and everything changes as we learn to hear His voice, to talk with Him, to walk in His ways. And if you're here tonight and you've never asked God to forgive you, to make you holy, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to be your friend, I'd love to pray with you in just a moment. And what I'm going to do in a moment, while every eye's closed, I'm just going to ask you, if you want to do that, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And I'll just simply say, I see your hand and you can put it down. And then in our seats, everyone in our seats, we're gonna, I'm going to lead us all together in a prayer. And in that prayer, it'll be asking for God's forgiveness and asking Jesus to come into your life. You pray it after me. That moment will change your life forever. You might have once walked with God, knew about God, went to a youth group maybe, went to some kind of church or just had a, a connection with God personally, but, but you know right now you're not right with Him. You're not walking with Him. Maybe you backslid. Maybe you got distracted. Maybe you got just busy. But tonight you can feel God drawing you back to Himself. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand as well in a moment to get reconnected to God. Maybe you're just not sure what your status with God is and you're not sure if you're going to go to heaven. Tonight, I want you to be really sure about that. So if you're saying, John, tonight, I want that relationship with God you're talking about, or I want to come back to God because I drifted away, or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven right now, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to get right with God. Awesome. Thank you so much. I see your hands at the back. Awesome. Thank you. I see your hand. Who else right now? Would you just raise your hand real high and say, that's me as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Over here on the side. Thanks, man. See your hand. That's awesome. You can put your hand down. Who else right now? You're saying, that's me. I want to get right with God. I, I want that relationship. Something's missing in my heart, and I want to connect with Jesus. Would you have the courage to raise your hand right now? On the other side of this decision is so much freedom, so much change in your life, but you have to take a step towards God. I'm, wondering, I'm waiting for one more person. If it's you, would you just raise your hand as well? Your heart will be pounding because God uses people like me to talk to us in moments like now. He tells you how much He loves you, how much He wants to come into your life. He won't barge in because He's given you the choice, the power of free will, but you have to accept Him. So I'm waiting for one more person. This is your moment. If you want to respond to God, would you raise your hand and say, that's me as well. I want God to come into my life. I want to begin that relationship with Him. Wherever you are, would you raise your hand? All right, awesome. Can we pray this prayer all together? I want you to pray it after me if you raised your hand. Say these words. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to live a holy life, to die on a cross in my place for my sin. I'm sorry for living my way. I'm turning to you today to live your way. I renounce the devil and all his works. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you tonight. I'm forgiven, born again, and going to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, come on, let's put our hands together for all these people. So proud of you. God bless you. Well done. 
Excellent. I want you two things. For those of you who raised your hand and prayed that prayer, I want you to keep coming to church. This is the atmosphere of friends and family that are going to help you walk with God and build a relationship with God. And number two, uh, we have a course called Alpha. It's, it goes for six weeks, and it just explains Christianity. It's all about the Bible. You can ask questions. You can talk about things, and it's powerful. They're the two things I'd love you to do. And someone's seen your hand go up, and they will come and talk to you a little bit after the service. But I want us to stand to our feet. Isaac's going to come up in here real soon. But just for the next five or seven minutes before he comes up, I want us to sing. What are we going to sing, Summer? We're going to sing, we're going to sing the song we sang earlier. Awesome. Can we, can we, uh, yeah, you're in charge. That's awesome. Well, just lift your hands to God. Just, just linger a little longer. Come on, linger a little longer. Open up our hearts to God. Let His presence come and get us on fire.